Hello and welcome to this five-part series on everyday spiritual practices. And first of all, I need to explain why I have two different eyesights, uh, eye lines. I'm attempting to record this for the first time on an actual like camera camera, but it's my first time and so um, it might not work. <laughs> I have no idea what I'm doing. So I have my backup phone that's also recording right here. So this is why I'm looking in two different places. Also, um, I only have time to record this one time. I don't have time to re-record this. It's been a really crazy rough week. And so, um, you know what, sometime I might just need to stop because my dog starts barking or somebody comes to the door and then I'm just going to cut and then, you know, start recording again. So as you're watching this, you might see like a matrix moment where all of a sudden my hair is like parted on the other side or I'm holding a donut. I, I don't mean, I don't know, but just please just go with the flow and just know that I needed to stop recording for a second for some reason. My name is Bethel Lee. Um, currently I am an ordained minister with the United Church of Canada, serving as a chaplain at the University of British Columbia in Vancouver. I'm the founder and director of Yoga Chapel, a content creator for East Lake Church, and a mother of a child with special needs. And I mentioned that last one especially because everything associated with that has really been my greatest teacher over the last couple of years. And one of the main reasons why I personally have had to start taking spiritual, psychosomatic practices really seriously in order to stay grounded and stay present and be able to connect with joy even through challenging times. So in this time of high anxiety and hyper disconnection, I just want to offer you some real practical tools to help you ground yourself um, to achieve awareness, hopefully, and to be able to lock into a sense of peace, even as we are globally going through tumultuous times. What I'll be sharing over the course of these five series are ancient spiritual practices that I hope I can shed some light on for you and maybe even offer some new language around to help make them more accessible for your everyday life. And these are all practices that you can find within the core faith traditions through all the core faith traditions. But because my training is in the Judeo-Christian tradition, that's the framework that I'll be leaning upon. Uh, the well of stories that I'll be drawing from as I talk about these practices. So the topics for each of the five sessions to give you an overview, unless I change my mind, the topics will be as follows. The first session, unraveling the spiritual practice of confession. The second will be discerning the spiritual practice of choosing what's essential asking the spiritual practice of desiring, seeking the spiritual practice of reframing, and finally thanking the spiritual practice of remembering. 
And the general flow of each of these sessions will be that I will first offer some storytelling, some teaching reflection for about 10 to 20 minutes. And then I'll guide you in doing some independent journaling by giving you these journal prompts, these journal stems to work off of. And then I'll usually give you about three questions for group discussions, what I call circle work. And then I will close with guiding you in actually trying out the spiritual practice that we're talking about um, with me. So that will be like five or 10 minutes. Heads up though, that in the very first session, um, I'll be doing more talking just because that's the nature of that particular practice. And what I really hope that you'll experience over these five sessions is the way in which your personal story and the story of the universe, God, ultimate reality, and the story of your community. So your story, your community, and the big, big, big story. How all of these are connected to one another. And when these three circles overlap and interlock, I believe a space opens up for new understanding, which then enables new transformation to emerge. So that's my great hope with this series. And I just want to clarify a couple of things about journaling and circle work. So journaling, even if it's something that you don't normally do, I beg you over the course of these five sessions to really give it a try. And this goes for all of the spiritual practices that I'm going to invite you to engage in. You don't ever have to do it again if it doesn't serve you. But just try it once. Just give it yourself to it just this one time because that's truly the only way that you will know whether it serves you or not. And though it seems like a small thing, journaling can be incredibly powerful. And you are, of course, free to journal in any way that you want. Uh, but with the journal prompts that I'll be giving you, I encourage you to do a real mind dump. Leave no room for your inner critic or any kind of filter as you write. Tell yourself, I mean, I, I think I like, promise yourself that you're not going to show your journal to anybody. Um, I think that will empower you to write more freely. And so when you journal, just kind of go into a stream of consciousness mode. Um, because I truly think that this is the most effective way to release worries, anxiety, and stress. Some people describe this way of journaling as taking your monkey mind, and that overreactive, overly reactive, primal spinning ball of stress in your head and trapping it onto paper, putting it into this two-dimensional jail cell. And if you don't like the imagery of jailing your monkey, you can just imagine that the sheet of paper is a nice bed and you are lovingly placing your stressed out monkey into bed and letting it take a nap. However you think about it, just keep writing. Um, don't use proper punctuation and allow yourself to pivot your train of thought at any moment. And if you're like me, um, I think you'll find it helpful to purposely write really messy because at one, it just kind of feels good. It's cathartic. 
but by writing messy, I it makes me feel safer to not have to like filter myself because nobody can read what I'm writing. So um, I like that. And and when I find that when I write in kind of just a messy way, it just shifts me out of um, any kind of proper mode of being. Um, and it helps me to really purge my thoughts without concern. So give that a shot. So that's journaling. And I just want to say a few things about circle work. So because of the different hats that I wear, I know of at least four different communities that are planning to go through this series together. There's Eastlake, who are meeting in virtual breakout groups to do dis the discussion questions together. There are yoga chapel groups. Um, I'm going to encourage my students via my chaplaincy to form groups for discussions. And I'm connected to some local nonprofits who serve neurodiverse communities and their support networks. Um, so there's that community. But even if you're not a part of a formal group, all you need is two or three people to do circle work. And maybe this is just you and your partner or you and a friend. And just a heads up that as usual, much of my content is for a mature audience. So parents, you can judge for yourself whether you want to involve younger members of your family in this series. And just the final thing that I want to say is something that I'm sure you already know. And that's that when you have these partnered or group conversations, it, this is not a time to correct or criticize what anyone else has to say. In school and in our jobs, we're often asked to listen with a critical mind, to look for the mistake, to immediately think about how we disagree. But in these conversations, just let go of that. No matter how different someone else's experience might be from your own, as you listen, actively seek to resonate and understand. Because God knows the world needs more of that kind of listening. So no corrections, no criticisms, and no comparisons, even in your own mind. And to explain what I mean by no comparisons, I gotta go with Miss Brene Brown who says, pain and emotions do not go away because we tell them they don't score high enough on the suffering board. In fact, when we deny them, they double down, grow, metastasize, and breed shame, which makes everything worse. Brene talks about how there's this lie that we get suckered into believing that if we ration compassion for ourselves, then we'll have more for other people. But that's not how it works, she reminds us. In fact, the more we practice true compassion and empathy for ourselves, the more we're able to give it to others. So no corrections, no criticisms or comparisons, and instead seek to resonate, relate, and remember that your story is worth talking about. It's worth sharing. Your life is worth giving some sacred attention to. Okay, that's the end of my intro. So whenever you're ready, I hope to see you at the first session.
Thank you.